get ready for a transformation. But in those kingdoms, we start growing. We are replacing those carnal thoughts with the word of God. Our minds are renewed to the word of God. At that time, glory, glory, glory. So when we are speaking, we are speaking from knowledge. Or you wake up and say, Hey, bonga fish, angari. Glory to God. I took it in the dream. I will never take it in life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'll never be poor. Ah! Jesus Christ. Pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. Another life-changing moment with Apostle Peters. It's nice to see you again. You know, we are not empty folks. We are loaded. Loaded. Glory to God. If you discover from the word of God what the Lord has made available for you as a Christian, you'll be amazed, amazed, amazed. It will make you square your shoulders every time, chin up, chest out, and you walk, talk, act like a king. Because you have real inheritance. A Christian ought to be bold. Because of what Jesus has done for him. Christianity is not a religion. The Bible says a religion. Religion in the book of James. The Bible says religion is to visit the widows, motherless and orphans. That is in Christianity. Religion is in Christianity. But Christianity is not a religion. We do all of those in Christianity. But Christianity itself is not a religion. Christianity is real. Is the life of God in human beings. Is divinity at work in humanity. Is simply as it is. So are we in this world. That's Christianity. Meaning that all that Jesus is, we are today. That's Christianity. Christianity is not a religion. And that's why we say Jesus is not a religious leader. He's much more than that. He's not. I'm glad I'm a Christian. Some people think we are competing with some people, some <laughs> religion, religious folks. Some think we are competing with Muslims. <laughs> If you think so, you are so ignorant, we are not. We don't have any business competing with them. No, we are not. The truth is, we are even trying to win them. And the Lord is helping us. Why should we be competing with them? Are we on the same level? Now, they are practicing religion. We are not practicing religion. So we are not. Okay, um, let me see how I can quickly help you out <clears throat> by starting a discussion with you today on how you can change unpleasant situations in your life. If you find yourself in a situation and you don't want it, you don't like it, you don't want it to go on, how will you change it? First of all, can you change it? Yes, you can. 
according to the word of God. You have been given all the power and authority to change any situation that you are not okay with. That's what the Bible shows. Now listen to this. I'm sure you must have heard again and again that uh, there's a difference between Old Testament folks and New Testament people. Alright? So, such that when you hear it again and again, say, eh, what is it? Well, so you come to the conclusion, maybe they are trying to say that under the New Testament is grace. Under the Old Testament is the law. It's much more than that. That's just a difference. But there are different other things that differentiates us from them. For instance, under the Old Testament, no man could change any unpleasant situation except except he asked God to help him change it. So he will have to beg God to change the situation otherwise the situation will not be changed. The, the reason is simple. The reason is because they didn't have the power at their disposal to change their situations. But now, under the New Testament, is direct opposite. Now, when you cry out to God to change a situation for you, now you will be wasting your time. Under the Old Testament, if you are trying to change any situation, you will be wasting your time. But now, under the New Testament, if you are crying to God to change situation for you, you will be wasting your time. Direct opposite. In other words, the power to change situations has been given right to you. If you are born again, you have it. You have it. And that's why people still get confused. And some of them read the Old Testament and bring it in. In fact, some of them even, they read the, the, the uh, prayers of David. And they pray the same prayer to God. Lord, step in. Do something. My enemies compass me and compass me round about. They are swallowing me up. Father, <laughs> you know, and they're praying that Old Testament prayer. They are bringing it into the new. And so they are praying like that to God. And then if things doesn't change, because mostly it doesn't change. If things doesn't change, then they get angry with God and get angry with everybody. And says, what are you telling me? I've been praying to him since. Nothing has happened. Maybe somebody comes to preach to them. It's an opportunity. And the person says, why won't you go to church? Say, I'm not going to any church. So why? You tell me. I'm in a situation. I've prayed to God. Pray, 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 pray. He has never answered me. And you say, God answers prayer. Tell me. How? How? And to make the matter worse, if the fellow they are talking to too is ignorant of the word, he says, be patient. He will still answer. Just be patient. He may even open a few scriptures and say, see how God, but later he answered. He, he answered. Now, you may be lying. Because he may not answer. While you are waiting on him to do something, he is waiting on you to do something. 
Now, let me help you out this way. According to the word of God, anything is possible. Settle that first in your heart. There is nothing that is impossible. In other words, if you can ever think of something, if that thing can ever enter your mind, that means that thing is possible. Now, if there is anything that is not possible, your mind does not have the capacity to carry it. Because if there is anything that is impossible for God, God will not let it enter your mind. It's God. Your mind does not have that, your small mind does not have the capacity to carry it. So anything that your mind can fathom, anything that your mind can carry, simply means that it is possible. You see that? You cannot disgrace God. You cannot. He has never been embarrassed before. He has never been disgraced before. So you cannot be the first to disgrace him. You know God will be disgraced if you are asking him for something that he cannot do. You ask him. You follow the rules of prayer. You ask him. But he cannot do it. Finally, we tell you, son, I, I tried my best too. I don't think this one. This one is beyond me. And to be the first time in history that I say, God cannot do this. So there is nothing that he cannot, anything you can think of, anything any man can think of is possible with God. So why then don't we have those things happen? Because you must understand the principles. First of all, there are three ways you can change unpleasant situations in your life. And it's one of them that I want to talk to you about in this series. The first way, we've been looking at something on the word of God for weeks now. If you remember, uh-huh. so you can get those messages, learn how to change things using the word of God. Okay, so I won't talk about, so the first way is using the word. The second way is by the anointing. Okay, that means you have a pastor who is anointed. So, he is anointed. In fact, all pastors are anointed. I shouldn't say a pastor who is anointed, but um, especially uh, thank God for those who function in certain uh, gifts of the Spirit. Not all pastors function in some gifts of the Spirit. Some pastors are just teachers. They will teach you very well. While some have the prophetic like we do here. Thank God for that. Okay. Now, if you have a pastor who also has the prophetic anointing, he can help you. He can help you. Then the third way is prayer. Prayer. And I want to talk about prayer because I want to help you out with it. Hallelujah. That's on the one side. On the second side, you cannot only change things for yourself. You can also change things for someone else in the place of prayer. But then, you must be smart to know, but some people don't know it, that there is a limit to what you can do for someone else. You see, you could be very passionate about praying to help that guy. But you have to understand that there is a limit 
to what you can do. You say, but anything is possible. I mean, there is a limit. And I'll explain that shortly. Just make sure you follow me and you're not distracted. Glory to God. Now, that's on the one side. That's on another side. Now, let's look at something else that I want, a thought that I want to bring to your heart. Any unpleasant situation or hopeless situation or difficult situation that you find yourself is caused by something or someone. Nothing has ever happened by itself. And you can trace this situation to three sources. Is it that that thing was caused by demons? Which usually is common. So why? Because you see, demons are evil spirits that stand stand against God. They like to take a, a position against God and God's people. So demons are rebels. Demons are rebels. They go about trying to, you know, especially for Christians, they go against Christians a lot. They like to fight Christians, bring in unhappiness, um, bring in bitterness, frustrate the work of Christians, you know, fight against them, bring unhappiness, and so on and so forth, into their work, into their job, into their academics, and so on. You may say, ah, but I've not done anything for demons, I'm just on my own. Even demons know I'm a very good person. No, demons don't understand those language. In fact, when we say demons, we are talking about Satan himself. Because whatever demons do is as a result of an order from Satan. And now, listen up. Listen up. Satan does not have to know your name or know you in person for him to send you demons. He doesn't. And he does not. He doesn't know everybody. He is not God. And I often tell you this. Satan is not omnipresent. He is not omnipotent. He is not omniscient. So he is not omnipresent. Meaning that Satan is not everywhere. Satan is a person. And I believe, was it yesterday or two days ago, I mentioned it during the three days of revelation and power. He is just a person. He is an angel. But now has become an evil angel. Is a person that could only be in one place at a time. And then he can move from here to that place just like any human being can move from here there. If you study the Bible, God once asked him, I said, where are you coming from? He says, from going to and fro. If he's everywhere, he doesn't have to go to and fro. But then, he has angels, demons, evil spirits, that he operates through. All he does is he gives instructions to these ones, this group of people, the uh, demons, and then they carry out his instruction. For instance, simple instruction: go and locate so and so Christians, Christians in this group, the ones that you know are weak in their prayer life. Maybe that's the instruction is given. And says, locate them and frustrate their work. So those demons, that group of demons, will go looking for Christians who are weak in their prayer life. Everywhere they are. 
So they will carry out the instruction of Satan as though Satan is the one doing it because they are representing him. Listen, in just in the kingdom of God today, we carry we come out, you see a man of God talking as though this is Jesus talking. He's talking up to you as though this is God. Because he's there to represent God and he's supposed to do it well as though it's God himself that is doing it. So he tells you the situation will change. He's talking like God. That's the same way demons do. They talk as though that's Satan himself. They are there to represent him. And these demons are so many all over. Principalities, the Bible says, powers, rulers of darkness. Some of them are in the air. Some of them are in this very atmosphere of this earth. Some are under the world, working with Satan to carry out some things. So he uses them to carry out his work. So one of the reasons why you may experience a difficult situation, frustrating, might be because of demons. They might be responsible. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Alright, don't miss me now. Now, that's one. Another cause of your problem, if you want to trace it to another source, it, it might be human beings. You see, sometimes people think all the time it's demons who are responsible for everything. They are not responsible for everything. And that's why some people have pushed it to the limit. They've so pushed it to the limit. Any small thing, demons. Any little thing, demons. They see a cockroach and they ah, demon. You see, it's now so much they, they live their life in fear. Satan is not responsible for everything. He is not responsible for every bad thing. You have to understand that there are human beings also in your world. And some of them are responsible for certain things due to their mistakes and their carelessness. Let me give you an example. Somebody, uh, a, 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 I believe a 15-year-old boy was in a car driven by a drunk driver and then they got involved in an accident. And that child died. And somebody says, the devil. How could that be the devil? Was it the devil that poured the, the alcohol in the man's mouth? Emphatically, no. That's the carelessness from the driver, one, and also the parents of the child. If they were away, or the boy himself didn't use enough sense. So that, that cannot be demons. You don't know how to swim. You are jumping. You enter into the swimming pool. Nobody there to look out for you. And then you drown. Not you. Say not me. And that fellow drowns. And dies. And he says, Ah! You know the parents. Wicked devil. Satan is bad. No, he's not Satan. He's the guy's foolishness. So not everything is Satan responsible for. There are things that human beings are their own problems. Now, let me say this again. Uh, apart
apart from when we are talking about human beings, apart from someone else responsible, respons- being responsible for your problem, sometimes too you might be your own problem. Let me give you another example. For instance, okay, look at it now. You are here in church. There are those who are they didn't go to any church today. They are too. They are in the hostels. They didn't go anywhere. And they are just there. What you are hearing now, there is no way you could go and meet that guy where he is. You have to be at the right place, at the right time, to be well positioned for the right information. You see that? And the quality of your life is based on the quality of the information of God's word that you have in you. You cannot be victorious except you are loaded with the word of God because it's the word of God that gives you victory, that guarantees the victory. The word of God builds you up and sets you up for the life of victory. So you are actually the one who is responsible in that way. So it's not the devil, a student who would not read. He wouldn't read. She wouldn't read. And then she has a problem with academics. He says it's the devil. No, it's not the devil. She knows it's not the devil. So there are certain things that you are responsible for also. Human beings. Human beings include you. And then the third one. The third source. There are certain things that God is responsible for. Now, when I say that, that doesn't, that should not make you paint God as bad God. Let me tell you a mystery. Usually, every time God, you discover that God is responsible for something in your life and you find out. If you trace that thing properly, you will finally discover that it is for your good. Is it that God permits it to happen? Or God made his angels to make it happen? But it will turn out for your good. You have to understand that not everything God that happens and God says, I'm away. Not every such thing is the one who is responsible for. He may permit it. Let me give you an illustration from the Bible. The Bible talks about one time David went about, he gave an instruction to one of his officials and says, Go ahead and number all the children of Israel. And according to the law, it was wrong. God gave an instruction, say, Don't number them. Don't number them. But David said, You go. I want to know how many we are. Because now he was the king of Israel. Say, I want to know how many we are. So go about numbering them. And so the guy says, Ah, excuse me, king. We are not supposed to do this. May the Lord multiply us yet more as the sound of the seashore. We are not supposed to do it, my Lord. He said, My friend, go. And then the guy started numbering them. And when he was done numbering them, the Bible says that according to how it was constructed, it was God who sent an angel to come and kill the people, to destroy them. So an angel came and started destroying the people. And David was wondering, what happened? Why are they dying like this? And they started dying. In one day, thousands died. And he got David's attention. And then he said, ah, 
please call call for the prophet let him come what is going on what have we done and that one said yeah why did you number the people that's the problem yeah. And said, okay, so what am I going to do? But God is supposed to deal with me, not these people. Okay, so what am I supposed to do at this moment? Then that man of God said, um, just make a sacrifice. Okay, unto God. And God will receive it. Now, that angel came to destroy the people. How? Does it mean God keeps an angel of death? That he uses from time to time? No. What God did was, God withdrew. So, it is permitted. Let me tell you this. You do not know that every time you go out, you are inside. God holds back evil from you. The ones that happen, that eventually happens, and they got you, are the ones that you carelessly permitted, maybe. But for you, God holds back evil from you every time. The reason why you are preserved is because of God's angels and God's presence that holds back. Listen, the devil could have destroyed every one of us. He would have. He hates us with passion. How many times have I come here to preach? I'm talking against him like this. And not just me, Christians all over the world. He wish he could destroy all of us. But he can't do it. Why? We are founded on the rock. We are heavily protected. The only time that evil may strike, maybe God permits it. In other words, God will restrain his protection. So that that thing, that does not mean that that's the day that thing was following you. No. The thing has been trying to get you all the while. But it can't come. It can't come through. Because of God's protection. The Bible says, the one that breaks the hedge, the serpent will bite. That means they have been, the hedge has been there. So what God was just step back. And then that angel was able to get through now. Start killing them. Did you remember that when the angel of death came into Egypt? The children of Israel were there. The Egyptians were there. But the Bible shows that they went killing the firstborn of these ones. He couldn't come near here. He couldn't. And the Bible even specifically shows that God says, make sure you kill an animal, the blood, put it on your lintels and your post, door post, put it there. So that angel of death, as comes, as he sees that sign, he knows this one. That's a restraining power to restrain him from coming here. Because all of them are, were all on the same land, the same country. But then he couldn't come close to these ones. He went for those ones. These ones are heavily protected. Now if God should withdraw from here, the angel will be able to get here. You see it? So you are heavily protected all the time. But then when things go wrong, then maybe, it might be, that due to your carelessness, or something may be responsible for God to withdraw. Sometimes disobedience makes God withdraw. Hallelujah. Now some of you are wondering what is this. I'm telling you the reality. I'm opening up to you. So you can be smart enough. Listen to this. 
A dear man of God one time went to preach. And while he was preaching, and after preaching, you know, he was making his way down the stairs from the platform and he fell. I'm talking about a great man of God. Okay? As he was making his way down, he preached well. He talked about faith. He helped the people. As he was making his way down the stairs, he fell and broke his arm. Alright? And then, it was so serious that they had to take him from there straight to the hospital. That's how serious it was. It's not something that he broke it up. Let me help you straighten it. Oh yeah, let me straighten it. Uh, uh, uh. uh, it's not okay, thank you. Not that kind. He was so much in pain that he had to be taken to the hospital. And when he got to the hospital, in fact, he thought that the bone there had broken. That's what he thought. So, at his age, can you imagine? Bone broken. How will another one fall? So, but while he was going, while he was being taken to the hospital, in the car, the Lord spoke to him and said, The devil had planned this for evil, but I have turned it around for your good. And I will tell you about it later. Now, usually you would have thought, How is this one for my good? You know, I can imagine what would have been going through his mind. I was going to do the work of God. The devil struck. Right there. God, what, what were you looking at? What's going on here? Didn't I go there to preach? But later on, while he was at the hospital, the Lord Jesus appeared to him and said to him, instead of you being mad at me, you should be glad that I permitted this thing. He says, why? He says, if I had not permitted it, you would not have lived past age 45. He says, if I had not permitted it. He says, the reason is because of the way you were going. You have missed my purpose, my will for your life. You've missed it. You've stepped out. And so, I had to permit this to get your attention. And after I permitted it, now, now Jesus put him right on the way he should go. You know that kind of thing. He wouldn't forget it. He wouldn't want to miss God's will again. Because of what he went through. Because for weeks, he had to carry cask. The hand had to be in the cask. So God did that to permit it. To get his attention. He permitted it to get his attention. That does not mean several other years that he had been preaching on the pulpit. The devil had not been staying around. Different plan. But why did he work this time around? God permitted this one to get his attention. So there are times that God could permit something. Alright. But listen. There are even times that God could give a decree concerning your life. If that decree is not okay for you, you don't want it, you can still change it. That's what the word of God says. But there's a different way you change it. I'll show you that if we have time to do it. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay, maybe we should read a few scriptures first. If you turn to... Ephesians chapter number 3 Ephesians chapter number 3 And I want you to turn to the 20th verse 
If you have an amplified Bible, I want you to turn to that one because I'll call for you soon. Ephesians chapter number 3 verse 20. Now everybody read it. One to go. Now everybody read it. Everybody read it out loud. One to go. Now it says, Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Did you notice that? He's talking about the ability of God. Exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask. If there is anything you could ever ask, the Bible says God is able to do exceeding abundantly above it. Then it says, ask for what? Or think. If there is anything you could ever think, God, like I told you before, if it ever enters your mind, it means that God can do it. God can do beyond it. Okay, now, one moment. Who has the Amplified now? I want us to strengthen that. Who has the Amplified? Please, can I have a microphone? I prefer a lady's voice. Thank you. Give her the microphone. Ah, you too. Today is today. Okay, since it's closer, let's hear. Now, to him who by inconsequence actually. Mm-hmm. By, in, by what? Sorry. Actually, of his power that is at work within us. Start again. By inconsequence, by inconsequence of the action of the action of his power of his power that it work within us. Hold on, I like amplified. Amplified brings it first. Uh, King James puts it last. King James says, according to the power that works in you. Amplified says, by the power that is at work in you. So he already gives you the clue that if anything is going to change, it's going to be based on the power that is working in you. Now, power working in us. Do we have any power in us? Mm-hmm. The Bible shows that if you're born again, you have power in you. All the power that God has. Hear this one. If you didn't hear anything here today, hear this one. All the power that God has. Do you know how powerful God is? All of His power is locked up. In each one of us. Not some of his power. All. You see, what are you saying? I want to tell you. As a Christian, the day you were born again, the Holy Ghost came. Who is the Holy Ghost? God. Came and tabernacle in your spirit. That Holy Spirit did not just come. He came with all of God's power and all of God's ability. That is what makes us different from those under the Old Testament. And that's why you cannot hold God responsible for whatever you're going through. You cannot. Because He will tell you I'm no longer responsible. You are. Love chopping you. But then, you, how do you bring it out? How do you make it work? It's level by level. You now start learning. The more you learn about it, 
the more you learn how to put it to work and then the more you can put more to work and more to work there is no day that you ever get stranded and say now this power making available cannot do the work that means these all are put to work no there's still more in there to bring it out you can bring more out you can bring little out that's what the bible shows for the new creation that's what the bible says that we are more than conquerors then it says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world in the same book of Ephesians he says the power that is inside you is immeasurable he says that power cannot be limited he says that power is surpassing greatness the power inside you you but you have thought that some people are more advantaged than you so you say some Christians have special grace so they have this special grace to change things it's not true you are limited by your ignorance or laziness read on let's strengthen it power that is at work within us mm-hmm. is able to carry out his purpose okay. and do super abundantly super abundantly far over and above far all, over and above okay all that we dare ask or think all that we dare ask or think uh-huh. infinitely beyond our infinitely beyond our highest prayers uh-huh desires listen that means if you are asking god that you want to be the next president of nigeria the next president of nigeria he says according you have it according to the power that you put at work say are you serious i am serious i said the word of god is a lie but the only reason you may not be is because will you be able to make that power available that much okay let me turn it this way if god should appear to you in your room and says to you and this is god you can see this is god and he says to you you are the next president of nigeria by this time two years time you'll be sitting on that seat god says that to you you know what you you will be smart enough to believe it you believe it you say ah lord even if i don't believe it with this your glory that i'm saying i believe it listen the same way it will work because god appeared to you to say it that's the same way it will work if you put the power inside you to work because it's the same god that's working in you what limits us is how much power some put little to work some put more to work some don't even put to work at all so those who don't put to work at all look helpless those who put small to work people hold them and say hey the guy's faith is then those who really really put to work they become hey but you could do the same thing read on infinite infinitely beyond our highest prayers yes infinitely beyond our highest prayers all right desires desires thoughts thoughts even your desires and thoughts okay hopes hopes or dreams dreams that's all thank you thank you glory to god so in reality there is no situation that is uh, this situation is very heavy for me you know if you can get a hold of this truth you yourself will become a master 
If you can take a hold of these truths, it will change you. It will change your life forever. You will begin to think like there is nothing that I cannot do. And that's what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 17. Let's all read to Matthew chapter 17. Verse 23. I'll never be disadvantaged in my life. Start reading from verse 20. Okay, read it, everybody. Want to go? Uh huh. Uh huh. Wait, oh. wait. Did you you just read something now? Jesus said, "If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will sail towards mountain." How many of you knows what a mountain is? Mountain. I mean the rocks that are solidly founded on the ground. Mountain. Jesus said you can say unto this mountain. Okay, read the next thing. Be moved, okay? Okay. Okay. Jesus says that you will say for a mountain, mountain, that the mountain should move. Excuse me, is that Jesus is lying? Or is deceiving? Or we are the one who is not reading it right? Somebody say, well, that mountain means a uh, spiritual mountain. Well, did you ever see spiritual in front of the mountain? Listen, the reason why you may limit it to spiritual mountain, or it's not talking about matter, just talking about the problems in your life. The reason why you're limiting it is because you have limited the power of God in your minds. You have thought in your mind that there are certain things God cannot do. Ah, let us not be stupid. How can you never say mountain, physical mountain? Why would God? Can God do it? I know God can do it, but it's a lie. It won't happen. You see, you have limited God in your minds. Jesus spoke to a tree. And the tree withered. If he didn't do it, and he said, If you have it as a grain of mustard seed, I said to you, if it's anything you say into, into this tree, the tree with that, you would have said, Oh. That's a spiritual tree. Jesus walked on water. If he hadn't done it, I said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can cross from here to the other side on water. Is that all? Uh, uh. <laughs> That's not what Jesus means. It just means the storm of life. It means the wave of life, the water of life. He's talking about challenges. Who do you think God is? You must be kidding. Grow up in your minds. God is a big God. He is big. Listen. Who created God? Have you ever thought about it? There was one time that a younger one was seated with me. I was asking a question. He said, That God 
the God that created everything. So it's God that created all of us like this. I said, yes. He said, everybody. I said, yes. Everything in the world, including all those animals. I said, yes. Who now created that God? I said, nobody created him. He's not a creation. He's a creature. A creator. He says, hmm. Yeah, I know. But who, who was not the one that created that creator? I said, he said, I said, <laughs> gave birth to him. How did he start? How did he? You know, he's too big for the natural mind. But then, when you are born again, you have become spiritual. Your spirit can accept it. You can't have the created world. They, they are not questioned. They are not to be questioned. How can Jesus be born of a virgin? A virgin. A virgin. How did he pregnancy get there? You don't ask stupid questions anymore. Was Jesus born of a virgin? Yes. How do you know? Oh, I just know. How do you know it's true? I just know. Were you there? I wasn't there. So how do you know? I just know. Why? It's a knowing that has become a part of your spirit. The same way, God is great. And when he says, Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. When Jesus said something, he meant exactly so. Jesus never painted white, black, and black, white. He didn't do it. He said, if you have faith, the smallest, the tiniest faith, he says, you can say, move from here to there. And then he says, nothing shall be impossible unto you. 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 He says, you. He was talking to folks that were not born again. He says, nothing shall be impossible because they were associated with him. Folks that were not born again, much more us. We are born again. We carry the Holy Ghost. God is tabernacled. In the quarters of your heart. That means everywhere you go, God goes. You see, I'm ordinary. Ah! How could you be? I will never be ordinary. How could you carry the Holy Ghost and say you are ordinary? What? It's an insult to that Holy Ghost. It's an insult to God Almighty. As far as God is concerned, anything is possible. God looks at you down from heaven and when he sees you go through what you're go- going through, he looks at you like, do something. Do something. If it's something that has to do with it, let me tell you, the simplest matters to deal with are the ones that demons are the ones involved. They are the simplest. Because God already gave us the authority over all demons. The one that human beings are involved are harder than the ones and I'm serious that demons are involved in some human beings are just stubborn not because of demons they just have it's just their mind no matter how you you will talk to the guy the guy will say Avet Avet thank you very much Avet as he's living there in his heart he knows what he will do he will not change that's what he's going to do but he will nod his head so you can't see his heart how will you have known so he say Avet you Avet you he's planning you think all the time you're talking, say you be deceiving yourself. They are dead, you. But you talk to a demon in the name of Jesus, he doesn't want to say, I've heard, I've heard, be nothing. What? If you want to change the mind of a man, you may still take time on your knees praying that the spirit will be adjusted. You may take time, you may take hours, you may take days just praying for that man's spirit to be adjusted so that he can go in this direction. A demon, you don't have to. 
According to the Bible, you don't have to kneel down to pray to cast the demon out. And you don't have to prepare to cast a demon out. That's what the Bible reveals. There's a name that is given you. It's the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter where you find the demon. In your toilet, in your bathroom, in the bush, in the forest, anywhere. You are everly prepared. It shows them, get out in Jesus' name and you move on. There's no need for, let me go and pray first. What? No. You see, the problems of human beings, the ones that are from human beings are more difficult. There are certain problems that you cause by yourself. <laughs> Say hallelujah. hallelujah. By Thursday, I'll get into the message. There are certain problems. Let me give you an example. For instance, somebody has the name Simon. Is there anybody with the name Simon here? Is there any Simon? Oh, Simon. So I will use Simon. I want to use another one. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay, have you ever heard of um, names like uh, Reuben? Any Ogushala here? Ogushala? Ogushala? Eh? No Ogushala here. So we can talk about Ogushala. Now listen to me. Somebody has the name Ogushala. Even if you are a pastor and that's your son name, how could you cut? You should know that you already set up for struggle. These are things, and people would rather like to die with their name than to change it. You say, ah, that's my, ah, how can I, ah, I can't change it though. Ah, that's my name. They call me Oguns, Oguns. <laughs> <laughs> Were you born with the name? No. How did you get it? Someone gave it to you. Some people have names. The meaning are terrible. The meaning of the names. Is it that it's connected with idol, failure, poverty? That's the meaning. In their native, that might just be their middle name, and that's what they call you at home. And you stick with it, and now you're born again. You're supposed to change it and tell them, Stop calling me that. If any man be in Christ, the new creature. Because listen, names are very important with God. God doesn't joke with names. Let me tell you how Supernatural Kingdom Church started and become like this. The name was first changed. You can ask the pastors. Not because the former name was bad. But every time God wants to start something new, it goes for the name. Did you notice how Jacob became better in his life? His name had to be changed first. What was the meaning of Jacob? 419. That's the meaning. It means swindler, fast guy. That's what it means. Why? How did they give it to him? Because the mother was pregnant with twins. And so, uh, the other one was coming out. So he had the leg of the other one. That's how to be fast, right? I said, where are you going? So, <laughs> so when they came for they said, ah, this is Jacob. This one is Jacob. Fast guy. Swindler. 419. You understand? And that name followed him everywhere. He deceived in every way. He just kept deceiving. His own brother came and said, I'm very, very hungry. Please, can you give me some of this porridge? He didn't even say, if I give you, you give me. Because that one is always the one going about killing the animals. He didn't say, okay, one ram, if I give you. He didn't think of that. You know what he went for? How did that guy think? 
is the birthright. He says, I'll give it to you if you sell your birthright to me today. And since that one too, they didn't think that was a big deal. In foolishness. He said, what's birthright? I want to die. You're talking about birthright. Give me food. Are you saying you are selling your birthright to me? Okay, I've sold it. Bring the food. He thought what he just said is a joke. That's why some of you, the way you use your mouse, you can put yourself in trouble. He said, it's just a joke. Do you know who was there when you were saying it? There were angels probably there. Either angels from God or angels from Satan. And this was approached on words. Angels function by words. So when he said it in the ears of God, it was heard. And God said, he sold his... Oh. When he said it, the birthright was transferred immediately. But the guy was fast, was smart. He says, now you... So he gave the food. The other one must have thought... I'm smarter than him with birthright. Did I give him any birthright? I only said. But as far as God was concerned, he sold it that day. Why? Fast guy. And that was what he kept doing. He went to his uncle's place. He proved to be smart there again. He just kept doing smart, smart things. You know, cornering people and getting things. Until he had an encounter with an angel. And the Bible says in prayer he wrestled with the angel. He wrestled in prayer. Overnight. Till the following morning. And when the angel was about to go. The angel said leave me I have got to go now. He said you have to bless me. You have got to bless me. And that angel the Bible says the angel of the Lord. Who is the angel of the Lord? The Holy Spirit. That's God himself. And he says you have to bless me. And that angel of the Lord asks and says. What's your name? He says Jacob. And God doesn't bless a Jacob. A 419. Don't you get it? So God says you shall be called Israel. He had to change the name. And it was a new beginning for him. Say hallelujah. Every time God changed the name. Under the New Testament the same, th- the same thing. If he wants to start something with you. If your name needs to be checked. He checked it first. Otherwise, you just struggle through life. See, it doesn't mean anything. Ah, it means something. Every time they call your name, they are confessing your life. Don't you get it? I, I don't care what my name was, could have been. Thank God I didn't have such name. But if I had, I would have changed it. it doesn't cost me anything. Who brought the name? Four, four, great, 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 four, four fathers somewhere brought the name and the name came and then it has followed the whole family and they experienced one challenge or the other struggling all the time and then you are born again you have enough knowledge you can't stop and say uh, uh, wait I got to change this thing I got to change this thing say hallelujah. hallelujah because you see some of you you think all the time that God is always responsible the devil is always responsible and so you are not thinking about you being responsible Finally, let me shift this in. When you want to change situations that involves others, like I said before, it is not always easy. You are not always given the right to change situations from other people's life. Because God is the God 
of other people. He's the creator. Not you. Let me give you an instance. Uh, say hallelujah. So many things popping up. If you want to pray for someone who is a babe, a babe means the one that just came into Christ, has not really grown. You want to pray for that one in your closet. You want to change some things about his life. You can do it. For instance, I can pray for my children as they are. I can make things happen in their lives. They don't know anything about it. They don't know. They just know things are happening for them. But I'm the one. I'm praying to change things. But when they grow up, maybe when my son gets to be 15, has received Christ, come to the knowledge of God, I cannot. There will be a limitation to what I can do for him anymore now. When you're praying for someone who's still a babe, it's permitted. But when that person ought to have grown spiritually, and that person is not growing, there is limitation to what you can do. There's limits to what you can do. Some people don't understand it. You want to force. It's not permitted. You cannot force what you think on someone else. You can't. You can't force what you desire for someone else. You can't put it on him. It will have to be his desire. And he will have a role to play. And that's why some people get frustrated. Because they mix it all up. They say you can pray, you can change anything. So pray for a family member, change that thing for him. You may not be able to do it. Some people don't understand it. You may just be there, pray, 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 pray. Nothing is changing. Why? He has a responsibility. He has a destiny. And even on few occasions, on few occasions also, there is a limit to what the anointing can do for someone else. It has to be with his cooperation. They brought a sick person to a man of God on wheelchair. And that man of God was ready to pray. And while he wanted to pray, the Lord spoke to him. And said, don't do it. It will not work. Ah, The man of God wondered. Didn't you give me the healing anointing again? What's happening? God said, he's going to die in that state. <laughs> but he had come to be healed. Now you wonder, the man of God just stood. He thought maybe the man of God is transferring power. <laughs> he doesn't know that the man of God is yet. There is an argument between him and God. Why? The Lord said to him, he has positioned himself in the realm of the spirits in such a way that this evil cannot be reversed at this time. So the man of God said, how? Then God makes it clearer. He spoke himself into that situation. And he has so spoken it that at this moment it has become a law in the realm of the spirit that cannot be changed. That means probably as the guy was growing up, he was saying, I might just end up on the wheelchair. I have this feeling that I, I, I might just be crippled. I have this feeling. I have this. Some people talk like that. You don't know. Pray for me, oh. I don't want to be crippled, oh. Because I kept having this feeling that I might just be crippled. Like my legs will just... I just keep seeing myself on the wheelchair. <gasps> Can you just pray for me? So he so said it. Until he finally got there. And at this time, God cannot interrupt. There are things that you set in motion in the realm of the spirit that they keep going 
they cannot turn back. For instance, I've set in motion in the realm of the spirit. I will never be poor in my life. <laughs> so even if the whole world stands and say, hold on, you are going down. When the time hits, there will be a sudden lifting. And that time is closer than before. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. So there are certain things that you cannot do for someone else. Oh, I remember in my own life. One time, as a student, as a president of a fellowship, we, we, we have been doing some great stuff. You know, some wonderful things have been happening with, uh, with Pastor Victor. I was Pastor Victor then. And everything had just been going smoothly. I mean, we went everywhere preaching and uh, miracles and oh, it was good. Then my own mother fell sick. And she was in terrible pain. It had to do with her skin. And I went home on a holiday. I met her in that situation. Tears filled my eyes. Because every time she looked at me to talk to me, she spoke in pains. I don't know, maybe you've ever seen something like that with a family member. Ah! But this was Pastor Victor preaching hot in the fellowship. I got stuck. What, what can I do? So I will pray for her. It will look like the pain has subsided. She said, thank you. Thank you. I said, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I would drift away in sleep. But I'll be waking again by the sound of a morning. Huh. 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 Oh, God. So I felt like, what's happening again? I couldn't sleep properly because I had to be the one to sleep in our room. Daddy would go to work for days and would come and so on and so forth. It wasn't a, a good situation for me. Then I prayed and prayed. It looked like she was getting worse. <sighs> then the time came that I was supposed to go back to school. Because as the president, trust me, I don't joke with the work of God, no matter what. I've been like that since. So, I was going to go back to school because of some things we were planning in the fellowship. So I told her, I'll be going tomorrow. Oh, she cried. And the statement from her lips, so you're leaving me. I said, I'm sorry, I have to go. She said, ah. Oh. She said, this might be the last time that you'll be seeing me. I said, no, don't talk like that. I said, I'll see you again. Now, I was saying I'll see you again. I wasn't sure. I was just saying it. I said, don't talk like that. I'll, I'll see you again. Why should you talk like that? But it broke my heart what she said. I said, I'll see you again. She said, if we don't get to see here again, we may see in the world after. Thank God, before I left, I already preached the gospel to her, so I led her to Christ. So, it was that period that I was with her that I was able to lead her to Christ. So I went to school. 
when I got, as I was going inside the bus, I was determined. I went to the scriptures and I checked that scripture, Ephesians chapter number 3, verse 20 that we just read. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that worked in us. There was a time that that scripture became my favorite scripture because of what it did to me. So I took that and I started meditating. I said, once I get back to school, it's going to be my project. She must come out of that sickness. And I went back to school. And then I woke up, oh boy, night after night. Praying! Now, why could I pray for her like this? Because she was a babe. Do you understand? She just came into Christ. All her life, she had taken us, she took us to church. One church to another, jumpy. She was not born again. <laughs> so one day she will be in white, white garment church. We were there. Another day she will be in CAC. We were there with her. You <laughs> see, she wasn't. But then, consciously, I led her to Christ. So she became born again. She, she was a babe. So I went back. I started praying in my room. I will so pray that my bed, my mattress, will be soaked with sweat. Pray so much with intensity. I said, She's not going. I'll pray and pray, holding on to that scripture. Then I give a call. How far? They said it's getting worse. You know, when you begin to hear such, if you're praying, listen, when you're praying concerning a situation, and you begin to hear it's getting, it's getting, you begin to hear news that it's getting worse, then know that the change is about to take place. Know that the victory is ahead, it's very close now. Don't be shaken. Didn't you read it that when Jesus cast out that devil from that guy, or when Jesus called forth for that guy, say, Bring him right there. The Bible says the devil tear him. The same thing, there was another manifestation, and people would have thought, Ah, in your presence, see you. But that means it was closer. I said, I, They said, In fact, this is so, it's so terrible that it was like she was now beginning to talk. Uh, she wasn't talking properly anymore. It's affecting our, our minds, our brains now. She started acting like um, somebody who's got some problem upstairs. I said, don't worry. Don't worry. I went back on my knees. It took days though. Now, that was not mean that I was in the days for days. No. I was doing other things. Then I will come back to the matter again on my knees. That's how you change things. Back on my knees, Makarigata. My my mind is focused. I began to prophesy. She will stand again. She will walk again in the name of Jesus. Prophesying is called the rhema of the spirit. It's coming from my spirit. I dig it out. Dig that thing out and release it. And then they gave a call. They put God through. They called me and said. This should be like days after. For the first time she slept. In many days. For the first time she slept soundly. I said, thank God she's healed. Now let me tell you what happened. This time around, I prayed so much that the Lord had to speak to me. The Lord said to me, clearly she's healed. Oh, when I heard it, I knew it was done. Glory. And at the same time, that day that she slept, she had a dream and she saw me in that dream 
and I was telling her, stand up, you can do it, come, mommy, come. And she said, she saw herself walking, and she was done, and I rejoiced with her. <laughs> Thank God, she's still alive today. She would have died. Now, let me tell you another side of the story. Listen. Listen now. You've heard that one. Right? It means change something for someone else. Right? But let me show you another one. Years after, of course, many years after, my own dad was not sick. But then, he passed away. Of course, before all this happened, for about four years before, the Lord had been giving me signal. About four years, three, four years before. Okay. And then a year before again, I got that signal. All right. Now, let me tell you something. The day my daddy passed away, I just finished a 24 hours prayer and fasting. I wanted to see something. There's something I'm trying to point out to you. I just finished this 24 hours prayer and fasting. And that early in the morning, was when I was breaking. I broke around somewhere around 4 a.m. And having prayed and prayed, I said, let me go and sleep. I've tried. <laughs> because I was praying for a program that we were going to have back then in church. So I went to sleep. Early that morning, maybe three hours after, I was awoken with a call that he had passed away. Ah, what happened? I said, nothing happened. He wasn't sick. He passed away. I said, oh Lord, <laughs> it's a joke. Say, you must leave him, I'm coming. Ah, I'm coming there. I thought in my heart, no. <laughs> He's not going to die. You must be kidding. Why will he? All the time, I was reading the preparation, the Spirit of God said he has gone to rest. I don't want to hear. <laughs> I wasn't interested. The Lord said, relax. It's better for him to go. I was not interested. Though I was hearing him clearly. I wasn't interested. I was he would stand up. What kind of go? He would stand up and tell me want to go before. What's it? No. I traveled all the way. Where they laid him. I went inside the room. They wanted to follow me. I said, I don't want anybody. I just want to have some time alone. Because I was determined. You will have to rise. So I saw him lay. Pull that thing off of his face. And say, Daddy. You have to get up. You can't go in the name of Jesus. Now, if somebody is hearing me, they will think, ah, ah, that thing is ent- has entered his mind. Though. So open the door. Open the door. Bring him out. What's the matter? That's what they would have thought. Because I was talking. I was sure. I was just bored about it. I said, you're not going. I said, you have to get up in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, if I be your man, if you have called me, you will have to rise. And talk in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I put my hand on his chest. I said, you are not going. Come back in Jesus' name. My sister stepped in. I said, please, you can still leave. I'm still busy. I just want to tell you that. that I don't want to hear. I said, just excuse me. While I was on that matter, I saw a quick vision. Like a mini vision. And he spoke to me. He himself, he said, I don't want to deceive you. Let me go and rest. (laughs) Now listen to me. Listen to me. 
everybody has his destiny there are some people that there are certain things they've done years ago he's going to wait for them some have done some things that has already cut short their life how many of you were there one time i was giving prophecies to a guy a guy that came here in the prophetic service how many of you remember there was a guy that was here but because the guy was rude to the mom and i saw by the spirit that that guy wouldn't live past age 60. and i called him out here to give him the warning and told him what to do if he did it good for him i don't know whether he did or not there are some people that have set some things in motion that already cut their life short he's already waiting for them except they see there is an a, a supernatural intervention that gets a hold of them and corrects their ways they won't know it at 8 30 they are jumping 8 40 they are okay everything is fine life may be going on well with them but then there's a particular age that is set for them they can't go beyond that age they will just have to die and afterwards the spirit of god opened my eyes to so many other things about my dad he died a christian thank god he's going to be with the lord thank god he's been christian many many years that's my dad in fact god granted him the uh gift of seeing seeing things and dreams and so on and so forth and the lord told me some things quite a number of things about him you see thank god we love our loved ones but we are not responsible for them we are not either a brother in church a sister in church a friend a colleague a family member siblings parents there is how far you can go with their lives there is how far you can help so when you try to change things about someone and it doesn't seem to work you don't have to kill yourself or you now start struggling with your life they start hitting your head and you now start hitting god what was god watching what was god until you face him you now know that the whole thought was the person himself hallelujah until you face god before finally you now realize that that person was responsible for his responsible for his own problem say hallelujah, hallelujah. glory to god hallelujah. so but however if this thing has to do with you you then well i will tell you more about that i will tell you how you can change it there are there are things that you don't have to talk to god to change there are other things that is you deal with god to change it there are things that you don't have to say anything to god you change it by yourself in prayer and there are other things that you have to it has to be with his consent as per your life to change well you know i can't tell you all of that today rise to your feet this message was produced by supernatural kingdom church to get more of our messages call 0806 0087 643 or 0816 0114 389 thank you and god bless you